self-love isn't selfish. It's not about vanity. It's about telling my brain, I am worth this investment. I am worth this time. Welcome to Sup Babe, your one-stop shop for stories, trends, and PSAs so you can live your best life. I'm your host, DJ Rosé, but you can call me Nicole. I'm a serial entrepreneur, fashion lover, and music addict. I'm like Cher from Clueless, but with a little more brains and a little less blonde. Today on the show, we're chatting about three ways to grow your self-love and create more virtual friendships. Welcome to the show, Mandy. How are you? Sup, babe? Sup, babe. I am so (laughs) excited to be here. This has been a long time coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. I was just going to say I am so excited to have you on. I'll just I'll give a little background for the girls so they know who we're speaking to today because it's a true pleasure. We met about a year ago, right? Wasn't it around Fashion Week? It was. It was like pretty much just a year ago and you were wearing, you were trying on a fabulous gold parka and I was like, mm, <laughs> I like her style. I want to be your friend. I wanted to be your friend the minute you opened your mouth too. It was an instant connection. Um, it was at Rudsack. That's such, it's, I love their coats, by the way. Did you get the gold one or no? I didn't get the gold one and I think about it like twice a week, but the one I did get <laughs> I like I'm excited it's in storage right now because it's been so hot but I am excited for cooler temps just for that jacket just for that coat for sure I literally am obsessed with my coat too um I could tell from the moment we met too that you're a total girl's girl sup babe is all about babes that support other babes that's literally what we do here on the show guys I want to give you a little bit of background on Mandy because it's such an amazing opportunity to pick her brain today. Mandy is a social media marketing guru. She is a brand strategist. She works with Fortune 500 companies and advises entrepreneurs, startups, and even companies like Bumble on their digital footprint. She's got over 300,000 followers herself. She's worked on a book called Read This If You Want to Become Instagram Famous, and she for sure has hit that high level herself. She's been featured in almost every cool magazine, blog, wherever you check out new entrepreneurs on the internet. But what I love most about Mandy is her dedication to creating a safe space for mental health conversations in her own Instagram page. So Mandy, I want to just make sure that I hit everything about you. Is there anything that you want to add? <laughs> you make me sound so much cooler and profound than I am. So thank you so much. <laughs> that kind of goes against it because I should be like, thank you. I affirm this. But, <laughs> but thank you for just putting it so eloquently. It's always fun to hear somebody else say it. It remind You know what? I feel the same way too. And I think it's important that we hear that sometimes. Like someone reading our list of accomplishments back to us makes us feel like it's real. Right? Yeah. Like if I'm just thinking about it myself, I'm like, whoa, that's nothing. I've got so much more left to do. <laughs> no, totally. I it's, love that. Well, and that's why I love what you said. Like Sup Babe is all about babes empowering babes. And yeah. it's so important that we have, especially in 2020, when there are so many things that are keeping people apart. You know, Pharrell tweeted a couple of weeks ago, he's like so much pain in the world and we can't even hug. 
And I think, you know, yeah. this time in our in our lives is probably the least physical contact and physical intimacy that we get to have. I mean, even right now, you know, we were just talking about offline, like you can start going out to dinners in New York, you can start seeing friends. But at the end of the day, everyone's wearing a mask. And we are missing that, you know, connection with strangers of smiling and, you know, just feeling like a certain emotional intimacy with even strangers. Yeah. And so I think it's just so important for outlets like Sup Babe or, you know, your own presence on Instagram and everything you're doing to empower women. We need more of this in the world because we are lacking it in other areas. So thank you. First of all, wow. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. That's amazing. That's exactly, you know, I tried to turn the experience of losing my DJ business into something positive that I can do to give back right now. So thank you for recognizing that. That feels really good for me too. <laughs> Love that you said that too, because there's, I was watching in the beginning of quarantine, I like upped my therapy to twice a week because I was solo quarantined in New York across yeah. the country from my family. And I was like, I'm struggling. What do I do? And so I was like, I got to, I got to make an investment. I'm not going to a soul cycle class. So I'm going to put that back into right. therapy and like up my therapy budget. But I actually was spending a lot of time listening to different podcasts and, you know, different YouTube little video, inspirational videos from all sorts of people that I admire. And one of the things Gabby Bernstein said, Oh, my God, love her. There was a point in her life where she realized she needed to turn her pain into power. And I think that is such a that's such a mantra for this year, because I think no matter who you are, what you're doing, you know, your life was consumed by your DJ business, something you love doing. And you were like, okay, well, I have, a, you know, that's not happening right now. No one's getting together. (laughs) So how am I going to turn, you know, this loss into power? And I think like, everyone in our own lives, we are having that sort of, you know, evolution of how are we turning the loss, the pain, whatever it is, into power, into something that's going to go with us when the pandemic's finally over, you know, when the recession is is not a thing. And when we have a lot of like these, you know, just so much unrest in the world, kind of come back to life and, and start over, you know, what are we going to take with us into that new season? I love that so much. And I think, yeah, we've talked about this a little bit before too on Sup Babe, the only way to, you know, try to make some order out of all of this chaos is to try to find any type of a positive way to grow or contribute right now. It doesn't mean it's going to be a perfect world just because you're growing in some way, but at least you won't feel as stagnant. And <laughs> the Pharrell comment, by the way, too, was amazing because the other so one of my one of my good New York City friends, you know, I'm in Columbus right now, drove through Columbus on her way back to Bloomington, Indiana, where she's from. You know, people are just kind of moving around right now in cars and she leaned in to hug me and I was like, oh, oh, my God. OK, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I had a time during not that long ago. I went to go shake someone's hand and they're like, sorry, I'm not shaking hands. And I am such a my number one love language is physical touch. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh. Like in my heart, like my heart sank. I felt so rejected. And I was like, oh, okay, like, come on. They're not like, it's just, 
I need to respect people's boundaries. And he probably made a good choice for the both of us. But it is hard when, you know, you're not receiving love and interacting with people the way you've been used to, you know, however many years. So it's just it's just a change. It's a shift. For sure. That's actually funny. So that's part of the reason why I don't do a ton of like virtual DJ events because it's so hard to give energy and to feel energy and to really how do you work a room how do you work a virtual room you know it's not I'm not an expert in that (laughs) Um, but that's really interesting New York Times also did a piece on kind of the history and the power of the handshake and shaking someone's hand when you meet them builds like two times the rapport based on the amount of time that you spend with them so Yeah, I think it's, you know, we're all going to have to figure out new ways to connect more deeply. Podcast is one of those ways. So you're you're killing it. I would say you can work a virtual room because you're doing it right now. (laughs) Oh, thank you. So one thing that I love, you mentioned this on your Instagram bio. After we met, I went and looked you up and wanted to connect so we could stay in touch. And I saw that you have been really using this branding for a while now that you're a virtual BFF, right? And like your whole brand, your blog, every comment on every single Instagram post, I feel like it all goes with that theme. And I love that. It's inspired. I like want to be more like that for my audience. But I would love to just know a little bit more about where this came from. What inspired it? Is there anything I'm missing about it too? What else does it mean? So it's interesting you bring that up. It truly is a big part of who I am. And what it is, is I wanted to fill a gap online that I felt was there. And the reason why I saw this gap was my best friend took her own life four years ago. So she had dealt with lifelong depression, truly from the time she was like five years old. And uh, just the most colorful, energetic, beautiful human being, so much fun. And we were roommates for a long period of time of our friendship. And you know, unless you weren't living with her and privy to her intense depression, you just saw a really happy, fun, lively girl who made everyone feel seen, everyone feel heard. And one of the things that she did during our friendship was I would probably receive like 40 memes, inspirational quotes, you know, people that inspired her online that would make her day better. She would sign up for these like, you know, mantras and affirmations. I mean, the girl, something we don't realize about people who struggle with depression is they are fighting harder than anybody else and chasing harder Mm -hmm. for that happiness in their life because they are trying to keep their head above water. It's harder for them to feel positive and happy. So they are working so much harder in that. And because of that, sometimes we just don't see, you know, depression and anxiety. I always think of Anthony Bourdain, who I love, and Robin Williams, who I love so much. You know, these are people who you're like, coolest job in the world, super funny, adventurous, you know, bring joy to people through screens, you know, through radio waves, whatever it may be. But they were fighting a very hard battle. And for me, when my friend Alicia passed away, I was a grieving the loss of a friend who would encourage me on the daily. She would send me Mm -hmm. flowers. She would send me things that she knew would inspire me. You know, losing a best friend like that who is just a very colorful, big presence is, is hard enough. But then also thinking, okay, how do I 
how do I pay forward her legacy? You know, like I, I was able to benefit so much from having this person in my life, but how do I make sure there's no more Alicia's, you know, how do I lessen the stats around suicide and depression a little bit more? How do I normalize those topics? And so it really, for me came down, I've always been in technology. I'm a coder. I'm just a big tech nerd. And for kind of my love of the internet and love of technology, I thought, you know, people are always talking about how the internet can be a dark place. Social media can be a place where depression and comparison and a lot of negative things are bred. And we hear a lot Mm -hmm. about, you know, Instagram being a highlight reel. And for me, I was like, well, I want to be the change that people want to see on the internet. And I really believe, you know, the root of depression is feeling alone, feeling like you're the only one going through this, feeling like, nobody, you know, sees you or understands you. And so for me, that meant shifting my online presence to be more honest, you know, not just sharing my happy times, but sharing the days that aren't so great, you know, the days where I struggle getting out of bed, the days where I'm really, you know, grieving something, whether it's the loss of a job, you know, that's happening a lot in 2020, the loss of a physical life, you know, lots of people have lost loved ones during COVID, you know, all of that, like we are just so much more alike than we are different. And the only way we can see that and unite that way and, you know, create meaningful relationships online is to be honest and to be transparent and to be vulnerable. So it really just took me you know, wanting to turn that pain into power. And really for me, I've never been wrapped up in in how many likes, how many comments, what's my engagement? Because for me, it's like if I am having one person feel more seen, more heard, or less alone, I'm doing my part and that's where my calling is. And so that's kind of where Virtual BFF came from. I love it. Like, whoa. So I have read obviously bits and pieces about kind of your personal journey ever since you lost your friend um, online. But that is really beautiful. I love it. It's kind of at the intersection of a personal experience as well as with a a mental health wave that social media can either be great or destructive. And I agree with you. I think we all, especially people with an audience, need to do their part to try to be on the positive side of that. And a lot of people don't. I mean, (laughs) is it just me or have you seen so many bloggers with abs in quarantine that like, didn't have abs before or they did they just have more time to photoshop or did they work out every day you know and that's the thing is like we all deal with things differently for me like I definitely crave Cheetos puffs more than ever before in quarantine <laughs> but like in slurpees but I actually noticed today I saw somebody posted that they've lost 60 pounds since March and I was like that's how they you know that's what moved them and that's what kept them busy and helped them get through it we all have different ways of, you know, feeling comforted and nourished and, you know, being able to to move through difficult times. And I do think, you know, that it's there is a level of humanity that I think that 2020 has lifted the veil on because I mm-hmm. do think, you know, people are talking more about like there's parents concerned about their children's mental health. I would say a couple of years ago, people weren't talking about mental health amongst teens and children as much as they are now, you know, with a lot of kids affected by, you know, kids were never made to be homeschooled and alone with no, and even kids that are usually homeschooled have some sort of like play groups or some sort of interaction with the outside world. And it's just 2020 has knocked everyone over 
And I think we are looking at mental health in a different way because we all have mental health and mental health is is just as important as physical health. If anything, it is the same thing. You know, you can't we all have, have daddy issues. We all have mental health issues. Yeah, we all have the same things. And, you know, I do think the conversations around it are becoming more prevalent. And that is a silver lining that I'm seeing and that I'm thankful for because I do think the more we normalize these conversations, the less the stigma is as as heavy. Totally agree with you. And I think, too, I can't even – I've thought about this so often because there are days where it's hard for me to show up on Instagram, right? And and. I have to rewrite the comment because I'm this just sounds depressing. You know what I mean? I need to make this more uplifting or like this sounds fake because it's not how I'm really feeling right now. And I don't want to I'm not going to show up online if it's not real. But what I've always wondered is like, I mean, we were, you know, early 20s, I guess, when social media, when Instagram, right, which is different than Facebook in the way that it is a highlight reel, like you said, when that came out, it's like, what would you what would it be like to be like 13 and grow up on that? I mean, the comparison, it would be so difficult. But yeah, I'm glad that mental health is becoming more of a regular conversation, especially for these reasons. Also, we're doing a series on self-love. I think I told you that. But just in case some of our sub babers don't know this, we're doing about eight episodes all dedicated to self-love, which was why we were pining to get you on the calendar. And I read something really interesting that you wrote on your blog recently about how you spent a lot of your 20s living for others. I really feel you on that. And I was wondering what woke you up and what are you focusing on in your 30s? How are you living more for you? Like all the things. Yeah, I think, you know, I was I'm I definitely call myself a recovering people pleaser. I'm still very much, you know, working on that. I have to be cognizant about boundaries, about making sure that I prioritize myself. And I think what had happened was, you know, I got out of a really long-term relationship at 31 and mm-hmm. it kind of changed overnight. My friend passed away within a couple weeks of that as well. So it was my whole life kind of changed really quickly and I realized a lot and a lot of the friendships I had had, lifelong friendships, you know, that were big foundational pieces of my life. I looked and I was I looked around at 31 and I was like, wow, a lot has changed, you know, and a lot (laughs) is no longer here. And I invested so much in these things. And I just started looking at, you know, my health, I had a hernia, I had had ulcers, I was definitely not where I should have been to be at a healthy weight for myself. Just so many things. And it was a result of, you know, never saying, not only never declining a baby shower, but hosting every baby shower, being in every wedding, always being a bridesmaid, you know, um, working long hours, saying no to family vacations because I felt like I had to be at work and I couldn't take time off and, you know, really living to work, not working to live. And um, it just made me realize, you know, I had been saying yes to everybody else but myself. And it really comes down to, you know, I am by nature a nurturer. I love love. I love giving love. I love making sure the people around me are taken care of. But what motivated me was I can't give from an empty cup. There's nothing to pour if my cup is empty. Yeah. And so one of the affirmations that really – hits me is because, you know, 
I think that was one thing with boundaries. It was always like, or when people are like, it's okay to say no, I'd be like, no, but I don't want to say no. I, you know, I want to be at that event. I want to, I don't want to miss things. But for me, the motivation was, no, I can be a better daughter, friend, you know, family member, partner, and eventually, hopefully one day a mother, if I am saying no to things that compromise my health, you know, and by health, I mean my physical, my mental, my emotional health. And so that was really when I was like, the most important relationship that we have in our life is with ourselves. And when we are nurturing that relationship, we are then seeing that overflow into every other part of our life. You know, when we, one of my biggest things about about self-care and self-love is even in quarantine, it's like some days, I'm sure you can relate to this in some sense, like some days just getting dressed and washing your face and putting on makeup, even though no one's going to see you, makes you feel better. And the reason Mm -hmm. for that is when you do things like that, you are signaling to your brain that I am worth the investment. These 10 minutes I'm spending to put lip gloss and concealer on or, you know, doing my nails, they're not vain. You know, it take it took me a minute to shift that in my head. Like self-love isn't selfish. It's not about vanity. It's about telling my brain I am worth this investment. I am worth this time. And when I look good and I feel good, I'm able to show up better for other people. And that is something that really changed my relationship with myself and with self-love and self-care. Whoa. Okay. That is amazing. I am literally like writing down quotes that I can put on a post-it and paste on my mirror. (laughs) That's amazing. So you said self-love is about telling your brain, I am worth this investment, right? I think that is so true because I think there is a lot of stigma around doing your hair, doing your makeup, getting your nails done, whatever your self-care of choice is. And, you know, I think a big part of self-care is you're doing stuff for yourself, not for not for the approval of others and not for the Mm -hmm. disapproval of others. You know, if someone wants to call you vain, let them do that. They're wasting time that they could be investing in themselves. And so you need to really just drown out the noises from other people and really be like, what is making me feel good today? You know, if I want to get straight up hair extensions and like a big weave and that (laughs) makes me feel good, okay. That's not for anybody else to judge but myself. For sure. I've noticed TikTok's kind of brutal. Some of the like teens really go at each other about their eyelash extensions. I mean, one girl I was looking at last night, Tara's World, not sure if you've seen her. My sup babe squad likes her. And it's like sad. She's a cute girl saying funny stuff. And it's like 400 people are commenting on the fact that they don't like her eyelashes. Well, what about the fact that she had the balls to show up on this video and talk about something that's on all of our minds, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, that's one of the quotes that really changed my life, and I think it's by Tina Fey, actually, who is so freaking hilarious. But it's like, people are going to talk about you no matter what you do. So you might as well like what you're doing, you know, yep. because like people are going to say whether it's good or bad, people are going to talk. So make sure that you like what you're doing, because that way, when people say things, it doesn't bother you because you already approve of yourself. And it was really that mindset for me that shifted where I was like, this isn't selfish. This is, I am showing up better when I am proud of myself. And it's really just getting to that place where you can be proud of yourself. I 100% agree. And 
So I think, Mandy, I really want to make sure that we take this time to get a couple of tips from you. Obviously, this is our pro tip segment. So we are all about making sure that we leave the Sup Babe squad with actionable advice. And I know you have tons of amazing advice because I read all your Instagram posts. So what I wanted to get from you was your couple top tips on being your own BFF. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the big things is I start my day every single day with positive affirmations. So what I do is I wake up, I pull out my journal, and sometimes I use Post-its. A lot of times I like Post-its because I can put them on my mirror and revisit them at night. But what I do is what is weighing on my brain right now? What are the negative things in my brain? And I just reverse those into a positive thought. So, you know, being really real, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, I've lost, I've gained nine pounds in quarantine. I need to get this off. Kind of just like destructive, self-image, obsessive behavior. You know, like my weight doesn't define who I am. My routine Mm -hmm. has changed in quarantine. The whole world has changed in quarantine. It's normal that my body has changed a little bit too. So instead of being like, oh my God, I need to do this. This is how I need to eat this week, blah, 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 blah. I literally said, okay, this is a negative thought in my head. How do I spin this for a positive? And I wrote, I love and accept my body as it is today and put that on my mirror. And it's just reframing the way that we think. Every single day, every human being, average human being has 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day. That's why some days when you really haven't done much, you're still tired at the end of the day because your brain brain has been racing. And of those 60 to 80,000 thoughts, about 70% of them on average are negative. So how do we replace, yeah, how do we replace negativity by adding positivity to kind of, you know, lower those numbers? And so it sounds really silly, but it's as easy as replacing my negative thought so when I wake up, writing down, okay, this is this is what's in my head. This is negative. Let me write it down pen to paper and make it a positive thought. And saying that out loud to myself and moving forward in my day. And for me, that just helps me start my day on a more positive note and really just reprogramming my thoughts. I love that. Okay, so that's number one. What do you got for me? What's number two? My number two is finding routines that nourish you. And I think, you know, for that, for me, it's before the pandemic, I would walk 30,000 steps a day, which every time I bring this up, people are like, what? Wait, hold on, hold on. That's 15 miles a day. But I will walk everywhere and I won't go to bed until I have gone, you know, gotten my steps in. And it's a little obsessive, but for me, it's more like that is my time by myself. That is my time. I'm making sure when I'm walking that much, I'm you know, getting that time in by myself. I'm getting that time in to take in the sights and the sounds. I kind of try to get lost. I make it a point to go down streets I've never been to just like look around and soak in the world around me. I'm lucky enough where a lot of my job, you know, I can take calls as I'm walking and stuff. I will say that's something that that routine really got fucked up during the pandemic because walking around with a mask for 14 miles in humidity in New York City is not- It's like impossible. No. <laughs> um, and so for me, it was, okay, how do I replace that? And so it was pulling out the one Peloton app and doing a 15 minute, which is not the same as walking 14 miles. But for me, it was what I could do. So I was doing a 15 minute high intensity workout every day. 
you know, just making sure no matter what happened, I did that. It was a tangible goal for me. Because I knew, you know, I am having a hard time concentrating. 15 minutes was the most I could give some days. So that was kind of my minimum threshold. So I think the power of routine is really, really important. Making sure you have a couple of things in your day because that gives you a sense of safety and security when you can't control other things. And it helps you still accomplish your goals, right? So there's something that you can check off your to-do list that can make you feel like you bossed up today, even if you didn't get everything else done that was kind of out of your control because of, you know the world that we're living in. I'm a big routine queen too, 100%. (laughs) I think I used to really beat myself up because my routines and my goals were so lofty. And it was like, you know, and I I just shared two extremes with you. 30,000 steps a day is what, you know, I could achieve at one point. But then being realistic with myself and being like, I'm not doing very well mentally. I'm going through a global pandemic. Like 15 minutes is all I can, all I can commit to right now. And that's okay, but it's being realistic with yourself about what you can do and making sure you still have some sort of routine. For sure. If you set the goal so lofty, then you may not even start the work, right? So there was no, I mean, getting to 30,000 steps a day in a pandemic and a quarantine when, especially when we didn't even know how it was transmitted in the beginning, kind of not feasible, but you know, setting a goal that you could achieve 15 minutes, you can do 15 minutes. A lot of times we think we need to be great to start, but the truth is, and how many of us have had goals? I mean, I'm sure you've been wanting to start this podcast forever and you're like, oh, I need to do this. I need to get the fancy studio equipment. I need to get these sponsorships before I take it off. And it's like, no, actually you just need to start to be great. You don't need to be great to start. And we sometimes think we have to come out of something. We need to start something with it being perfect with all the bells and whistles when actually in tech, when like some of the greatest apps ever built, you know, platforms we use every single day, they were nothing like they are today. They come out really skeletal and then they begin to iterate and make them better over time. And so that's the approach that we need to have with ourselves too is just start. So whatever you can do to just start um, will help you eventually grow into that greatness. But if we're you know, discouraging ourselves from even starting, there will be nothing. I love that. That's so true. Yeah. My third one is I am a big goofball. I never take myself that seriously. And I think it's really important to find ways to just laugh at yourself and, you know, not take yourself so seriously. And in that also, you know, you and I both are very creative. For me, it's been, you know, just like doing things I'm not good at, like, you know, getting ordering like paints online and just like painting shit, even though I'm not good at it, or just finding time in every day to be creative and, you know, not take myself so seriously. So just allowing myself to be and to have fun and to discover and to get messy. And I kind of take it back to like with kids in preschool, like, Every single day they're doing random activities for the first time and, you know, they put together like some weird like handprint turkey and their parents are like, oh my God, this is beautiful. I'm obsessed. They're so smart. (laughs) It's like, why don't we treat ourselves that way? You know, why don't we do little things and, and just have fun? You know, I think so much of life is serious and the more we can let loose, even if it's for a small activity a day you know, do that. Follow a couple meme accounts that make you laugh, you know, go on TikTok and and spend 10 minutes watching funny videos. You know, it's those things help us. No one spends 10 minutes on TikTok, though. That's the problem. (laughs) 
<laughs> an hour and a half later, I'm like, oh. Making God. some time to have fun, you know, and maybe that's listening to a comedian's podcast or a stand-up or just like a silly show that lets like, all right, now I'm obsessed with rewatching New Girl. You know, it's just something yeah. that's senseless and mindless and just lets me laugh a little bit. Wait, by the way, okay, and then we got to sign off because this is this has been such a great episode, but do you think that you're sort of like Jess and New Girl? You know, I haven't thought of it that way, but do you think that? Well, maybe a little bit. And at the beginning of our show, I always say I'm like Sharon Clueless, but with a little more brains and a little less blonde. Like, as you said, I'm a girl's girl, but I always end up being like the best friend with the boyfriends and the husbands and the dads. Like, I don't know. It just is like my humor is so much like a 19 year old male that it does come (laughs) out sometimes. And so it's funny that you said that. And I will take that as a compliment. It's definitely a compliment. Okay, Mandy, please tell our girls every way they can connect with you. The blog, the gram, all the goods. Let us know where we can find you. I am Mandy on Instagram, just plain old Mandy. So it's M-A-N-D-Y. Find me there. I love responding to my DMs personally and becoming your virtual BFF. So let's connect. And then my blog has a really amazing group of really diverse editors that also contribute. So it's not just my voice. It is a guide for the modern girl. And it is girlandthe.com. Amazing. We're going to drop show notes with all those links so that everybody can find you. P.S. I just have to say like how baller that your handle is just at Mandy. It's like no big deal. Like isn't there a singer? What was the singer from the 90s? who was Mandy. Um, uh, Mandy Moore. Dude, I. Yeah. So there's Mandy Moore and there's also Mandy Sachs, who's a WWE wrestler. Fun fact, I love WWE. But <laughs> it's so random, but I love it. Um, I get like, I can't tell you how many thousands of tags a day for both the wrestler and Mandy Moore. It's just like mind blowing. But it's like I asked for that when I wanted that name. So here we are. I think it's amazing. But also just Mandy Moore couldn't get Mandy and you have Mandy. Like you deserve Mandy though, because you're really putting out value. You're the best. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. This has been such a pleasure girls if you loved what you heard today please remember to subscribe and hit five stars if you're feeling frisky we would be oh so grateful for a little review you can add us on instagram at dj nicole rose and at sup babe pod and we hope we've brightened your day but that's all for now so don't forget to tune in on mondays and wednesdays in the a.m to sup babe your one-stop shop for living your best life Oh, 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 oh,